Thank you for tuning in to the podcast of our Wednesday night study entitled A Study of Prayer based on the book How to Pray by Ronnie Floyd. Since this is a discussion-based study, we have edited out the comments made by those in attendance due to the fact that they do not have a microphone. May you draw closer to God each day in your prayer life. Lesson three is how to have a meaningful time with God. A continuation of a study that we kind of got some traction in and started with, and then Christmas holidays came, and uh, so we, we were going to pull back on track here. Uh, we're, we're having a study on prayer, uh, and it's actually a study uh, developed through a book that I have that I received. I read it and thought, this might be good for the church to go through this. Even some of it is so uh, practical. Uh, and common sense, uh, yet it's good for us to hear some of these things, I believe, as far as an effective prayer life. That's what it's about. Uh, the, the book's called How to Pray, Developing an Intimate Relationship with God. Ronnie Floyd, who's been a pastor for many, many years and now uh, works for the Southern Baptist Convention. But uh, tonight, lesson three, uh, the, the title of the lesson is How to Have a Meaningful Time with God. And again, I think so much of this is kind of common sense. I told Gwen as we were walking out the door that uh, it's, it's one of those things that you think about and you think, well, I already know that. But sometimes it's good to hear so you can concentrate on some of these principles. But Ronnie Floyd begins the section of his book with this statement. I'm convinced that we are making the Christian life a lot harder than God ever intended for it to be. Our enemy, Satan, has confused our intention and our, in, and our direction. Uh, and a point of the book is that we simply need to return to the trust in God that he wants us to invest in him. To return to him simply with the basics of the Christian life. What it means to live in him and for him and with him. So... Of course, you know the answer to this question because it's the, it's the emphasis of the book when Ronnie Floyd asked this question, what is the single most important action you can do in the Christian life? Pray. Prayer. It's the, it's the beginning. It's the foundation because it's our connection. It's our, it's, it's our communication with God Almighty. Uh, so certainly that is the single most important action that lays the foundation for a Christian life that is connected to our God, that we can understand who He wants us to be and how He wants us to act and where we're to be in life to serve Him. Uh, and that comes back again. Here we are at the common sense. In order to say we have a prayer life, in order to begin that foundation is to have a daily meeting time with Him. Well, that's, we, we know that. Uh, it is at the heart of everything that we do as Christians. It is the most basic of the basics. It is the key fundamental of the Christian life that we cannot fumble. If we're going to have an effective, uh, ongoing, outgoing connection with our God and as a witness of Jesus Christ, it begins on the foundation of prayer. Now, Ronnie Floyd says, when we think about Satan... Satan has one general plan, and that is his plan is to destroy us. Now, given everything that we know about the Bible's word about Satan, this we know. Once we 
give our life to the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, Jesus tells us in John chapter 10 that no one, nothing in heaven or earth can pluck us out of his hand. And that includes Satan himself. When we belong to Jesus as Lord and Savior, Satan cannot take away our salvation. Do I hear an amen? He cannot take away our salvation, but he can get us off our timing. He can get us out of blessing. He can get us into temptation, which takes us away from our God. Uh, And that's important for us to remember that Satan can't take away our, uh, our salvation But he can take away our peace, and he can put a roadblock in our connection with God. We have to realize that he has that power to pull us away from our devotion and connection with God. Not that God is going to be pulled away from us, but we can be pulled away from him. Now, you know one of the most important ways that Satan can do that is by what Ronnie Floyd calls misleading theology. Uh, and here's his take, and I think he's, he's very accurate here. Uh, most of us want to be students of the Bible. Most of us want to be students of the Word, and we will read materials that are connected with the Word. If that's Sunday school lessons or books written about the Word, we want to be into the Word itself daily. We want to know uh, more about the Word of God. We want to know more about the Christian life. Uh, as, as it tells us in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, that we're to study to show ourselves approved. So we know we're supposed to be students of the Word of God. But we can't let knowing more take the place of doing for the Lord. We can't let our extended study time when we're striving to know more take the place of doing what we know. Let me give you an example of that. You know, there are all kinds of books out there, let's say about woodworking or playing guitar or cooking uh, or whatever it might be, parenting or pastoring or hunting. You know, we can know, like playing guitar, for example. I can, I can read books after books and know all the chords that you need to use and where your finger positions are and where the notes are. But if you don't put your hand on a guitar, you can know everything about it, but you still can't do it. And that's kind of the connection with what he's saying about knowing the Word of God. You can know so much and never do it. And, and that's actually a tool of Satan. That, that, that you, you put all this information in, but you expend nothing to do it. And Satan puts up a roadblock of communication between us and God by striving to know but never to do. You know, we can know everything about prayer. But if we never do it, then we have a roadblock. And that our connection with God is is cut short, far short. So we have to return to a, a great basic of simply doing what God tells us to do. We know we're supposed to do it. But we have to do it. We know prayer is good. But Satan's simple tool is to say, I want you people to stop doing that. You might know you're supposed to, but let me put up roadblocks so you never actually do it. And that's the problem. Satan would love to get believers so involved in in good activities, uh, doing good things that he crowds out our relationship with God. 
we can be so absorbed in good things and doing good things that we never come to our God. Uh, and, and certainly spending time with God is part of that. It's the bedrock of our Christian life. It's the bedrock of being able to raise our family in the right way and to minister in the right way, to be in the church in the right way. Uh, so prayer and doing prayer comes before all else. We have to do it. So tonight, let's not assume that all of us here have this meaningful time with God every day and we do it regimentally every day. Let's just not assume that that's the case here so that we can just go through these steps and believe me as I go through these steps there are spots here even in my common sense that I know I'm not doing and it helps me to hear this once again reminds me what I need to be doing Uh, I'm sure all of us pray I have no question as the believers gather here that all of us pray Uh, but what we're going to look at tonight Uh, is really a structure for prayer, a strategy for daily prayer. Six guidelines for meaningful time with God. That's a very important topic. Uh, Rarely does a routine take place in our life if we don't have structure for that routine or that thing that's to happen on a regular basis in our life. In order for it to happen, there has to be a structure for that. Uh, In your work world... There's a structure for that. You know you're going to show up at whatever time you show up at work, and you get off at whatever time you get off. Uh, So there's structure in everything that we do. Uh, There has to be a structure in prayer life. It just doesn't fall in place without structure. So six guidelines that he gives for a good structure for an ongoing daily time with God. Again, I think it's very common sense but it's good for us to hear it together. Guideline number one out of the six guidelines for a prayer life is you have to set aside a special time for prayer. Now, I believe this. Let me say this as I I roll into this. Uh, I have a book. In fact, I, I had this book when I came out of seminary, and I lent it to somebody and lost it along the way, and I found it in a uh, uh, and, uh, an online site, and I ordered it again. I just got it. I'm rereading it again. Uh, it's, it's a book that's written by, actually it's not written by, it's a quotation of a, a monk that lived in the 1600s, and his name was Brother Lawrence. And it's called The Practice of the Presence of Prayer, or The Presence of God. And basically, Brother Lawrence lays down the, the foundation that prayer is not just a daily thing that you do uh, from, from 7 to 8 o'clock in the morning. But Brother Lawrence says prayer is what you do throughout your day. Prayer is just a way of life. And no matter if you're going through joys or struggles, if you're busy, if you have time off, prayer is just the way of life. It's just, it just becomes your way of life. And I believe that. Uh, there, there have been a number of you who have said, you know, one of the ways that I use my drive time, I drive 45 minutes or an hour to work, one of the ways I use my drive time is I pray. Wonderful. You know, it, becomes, it just becomes part of who you are and what you do. Uh, so I like that Brother Lawrence. Uh, I'll, probably, I'll probably bring that book in, throw a few quotes in here from Brother Lawrence along the way. But uh, I, I like that idea. One of his famous quotes is he, he prays while he peels potatoes. He was a cook for the monastery. Uh, and so uh, an interesting book. But, okay, I digress. Let me get back to guideline number one. You set aside... A special time for prayer every day. Uh, it would be rare 
to have a daily time with God if you just say, I will do it sometime today. If, when you say, I'm going to do something sometime today, a lot of times that thing does not get done, right? In order for us to have a daily time with God, there has to be a time that you say this time belongs to God. Meeting with God is the most important appointment of our day. Now, again, while this is common sense, I read that line and went, wow, how true that is. It's the most important appointment I will have today. And Clyde knows our, our lives are built on appointments and meetings and schedules. But, but meeting with God is the most important appointment of the day. So you need to make the time for the appointment, and you need to keep the time for the appointment. So, so let me ask you, let me open up the floor here for just a minute. How many of you are uh, morning doves, that, that your appointment with God is early in the morning or first thing? Okay. Okay. Uh, are there any night owls here? Your appointment with God is later in the evening. Uh, okay. There, there, are, there are more morning doves than night owls. Uh, I, I kind of have a melding of it. I, I'm getting up a little earlier and trying to give some time to God in the mornings. And I, but I, I love, I'm more of that night person when I come out uh, to do some work. Sometimes I'll come out here late at night to do the, the, the study work that I need to do uh, for, for something that's going on the next day. But all of us have, kind of all of us have that prime time of day that is your time when you're most alive and alert uh, and ready to talk with God uh, and meet with God. So we keep that appointment on a, on a daily basis. Meeting with God is your most important appointment. Okay, here's guideline number two uh, for a meaningful time with God. Meet with God in a special place. Uh, let, me, let me give you a verse of Scripture. Uh, I'm sure you know it. It's Matthew 6, 6. And Jesus says this when he's teaching on prayer. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Okay, what's, what's a main principle that Jesus is speaking about there? Don't let the mask stop. You tell me. What's the main principle that Jesus is speaking about there? I'm sorry? Okay. Right. The, the secrecy. Pray to God in secret uh, and have a, a meeting place. That's Jesus' directive. Meet in your closet. Choose your closet. Oh, how many, I'm sure. How many of you remember the, the movie War Room? Where you create your place. Uh, that's, that was kind of the premise of War Room. That there was a special meeting place, a, a special room uh, that became the prayer room, which became the war room. You know, someone once said that prayer does not contribute to the battle. Prayer is the battle. Uh, and so that's, that's a good title for a room, a war room, uh, for a prayer room. Um, it's a special place. Uh, and as you think about that, it is a place that you are alone. A place where you share time with God alone. Uh, a place where prayer is private. A place, and I think this is kind of within Jesus' definition of a closet, a place that you're going to go and you're not going to be interrupted. All right, let me, what, what in your estimation, what are primary interruptions? Rose? 
Telephone. That's right. Anybody else? Primary interruptions? Mike? Your mind. That, that you know, that's a huge, that's a, that's a huge battle sometimes. Uh, when it comes to, if you have a worry that's riding on you or whatsoever, how you set that stuff aside so that you can have the private time with God and be directed to God. So absolutely, that is a, a major interrupter. And I, I think that's a battle for all of us, isn't it? If, if you don't have a battle with, you know, sometimes your, your thoughts take over. Uh, so so you, have to, you have to somehow come to God and say, Lord, keep my attention on you and you alone, not on the thoughts of of the worry that I have or the decision I need to make on my own. Just, Lord, help me be directed to you. Don't let me be interrupted by my own mind. Anything else? Kids knocking on the door, maybe for some of you. Lots of interrupters, but, but absolutely the, the phone is one of the, the, the outdoor physical things that... Uh, that interrupts us, but, but also the internal thing of, of minds. Then leave your computer where it is, you know. Uh, don't, don't let that be a study aid that interrupts your, your time with God. Uh, I think maybe that's something that ought to be set aside. I, can't, I won't dictate that to you because some of you have a, a Bible on your iPad. And you say, oh, Pastor Mike said, I can't take my iPad with my Bible. I don't mean that. But, but sometimes, you know, when you take that iPad in there, all of a sudden Facebook flips on or whatever it might be. And you just immediately, you're, you're on a squirrel trail and, and away from God. So don't be interrupted. Let your closet be a place that you're not interrupted. A special place. Guideline number three of the six. You need to develop a plan for meeting with God every day. For example... Uh, and this, this is a Ronnie Floyd's plan for himself. He said, he plans to pray, which includes praise and honor to the Lord, thankfulness for everything that I have, prayers for my needs, and prayers for the needs of others. So, that's very important as you structure what you need to pray for. Uh, and... Well, for example, one night, Sandy Maitland here, she has a prayer list that's in her mind. And one night, this has probably been three or four years ago, she actually just repeated her prayer list. And it was 200 names, but just one right after another. But she'd said them so many times, it, was just, it, just, it just rolled like a Rolodex. But, but she had that part of her prayer life down. But so um, praise, honoring the Lord... You know, it, it almost follows the Lord's prayer uh, when you're honoring the Lord. You're praising the Lord. Thankfulness for what He's given us. Uh, prayers for my needs and prayers for the needs of other people. Uh, but also, that plan must include, when you talk about the, what you're going to do in the midst of your prayer time and what you're praying for, there's one thing that you cannot leave out. In all the midst of the talk to God... You have to be silent to let God talk to you. That, 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 uh, that's common sense, but that's one of those things. Okay, God, I need to slow down a little more uh, or be quiet a little more so that I give you time to speak to me. Uh, our plan for prayer has to include a time of silence, a time of listening, 
time for God's Word to come to us. So we can't just stop our time of prayer by what we say. But if we're going to have the time frame set, you have to plan in to your prayer time, time for God to speak to you and me. Uh, that's, that's part of an effective prayer life. In fact, you, you're going to cut your prayer life very, very short if you don't give God time to speak to you, or if I don't, to me. Uh, that's a very important part. Uh, a listening time. So we have a speaking time with a structure and a listening time to hear what God has to say to us. Here's guideline number four of the six. Bring your Bible to your prayer closet. Again, if it's your iPad, then so be it. Uh, but have a plan for some reading in the Word of God. The Bible is one primary way that God speaks to us. Uh, so, so have a moment of time or a, a, a section of time set aside that the Word is being delivered to your mind and your heart. Uh, that's, that's a primary way God speaks to us. And guideline number five of the six <clears throat> And this is something that, that I, I'm an fa- absolute failure at. Uh, maybe some of you are great at this, but I am a failure at this. Uh, he says one, another guideline is to write down the essentials of your prayer meeting for the day. I guess the word that we use the most is journaling, that you create a journal of your prayer requests. And I've had so many people who have said, you know, I've written down my prayer requests, and five years later I open back up that notebook of you know, 2015, and, and I look and I see, and I see my prayer requests, and here I am five years later thinking, here, look how God answered those prayers. I see the answers over and over again, uh, and, and having a journal really builds me up. I'm a failure. I just can't, I can't get in the routine of doing that. How many of you journal, if you don't mind telling me you do? Okay. It's, it's, it's a wonderful thing, uh, and, and that's, that's one of my shortcomings. And this reminds me that should be something I'm doing is to write down the essentials of my prayer time with God. Uh, okay, so you actually write the prayer as a letter to God, which cuts your distraction down. So maybe for some of us who are, have not gotten into that uh, into that pattern, that might be something good to try that might give a little more consistency to our prayer time. But, but certainly going back and seeing how God has answered prayers months or years down the road would be a great, great blessing. Uh, so that might be a guideline that, that uh, takes root with many of us, including me. Here's guideline number six of the six tonight. Uh, as you get started off with this daily time, uh, you have to make a commitment as you get started that you will not break the appointment uh, under any circumstances except the very most extreme. Uh, and, and Ronnie Floyd says, believe me, Satan will tempt you to break your prayer time appointment. Uh, it's been said that to establish a regular routine in your life, you have to do that thing for 21 days in a row uh, to establish that routine. So when you commit to establishing that daily time with God, uh, you cannot compromise it. You have to carry through and, and keep that appointment with God on a daily basis, especially as you get started. Don't lose that appointment time. So our, our goal in the Christian life is not simply to survive the world, 
But our goal is to live victoriously and joyously and with the peace of God in this world and to be the salt of the earth. You know, I love that description of Jesus when he says, we're the salt of the earth. Well, you, you know that salt changes the very nature of food. It was at one time the major preservative without refrigeration that we had, uh, but just salt on the food that we eat on a, on a daily basis changes the nature of food. So what Jesus is saying is that we are actually change agents going into the world. Uh, and in order to be that change agent into the world to represent Jesus well, we have to have that communication with him on a daily basis. A meeting with God cannot be replaced by any other activity in the Christian life. There's a, there's a, there's a huge, there's, there's the gold star. Uh, the meeting with God, the prayer time with God cannot be replaced by any other activity in your Christian life. There's nothing else that can take its place. Uh, that it's that important because it gives us power, direction, and purpose. So that's, that's the lesson for tonight. And uh, I, I pray maybe something here as, as simple as it is may just kind of revive a thought. It certainly did for me uh, as I just studied through it. So we're going to pray. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you will join us on our next podcast.